1: People working off for you and me Moving higher, Time and time again Through the years you'll
0: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 282 This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Randall Riley I have a guest with me today And his name is Randy Ty. Randy, how you doing, man?
2: Not too bad at all. Thank you very much.
0: Randy is the product specialist for Iron HQ and he obviously works for Render Alley or wouldn't be on here since we're <laughs> This is a Render Alley podcast. So how, uh, how you been, man? It's been a little bit since I've seen you. It's been about a month or so.
2: Yeah, no, we had um, a good visit there at the, um, uh, down at, uh, at Iowa city worked out well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of things talked about. So no, it's been real good. Really good. Very busy.
0: Good deal. Well, Randy has a kind of a unique background. He comes from a, uh, uh, an equipment dealership background. He's got he's got a lot of stuff there that that kind of flow into what we're doing. And but thing about Randy is he's got a few more years on me than than uh than I do on him. So Randy, why don't you talk about your background, how you got to where you're at today?
2: All right, I will. So thank you. And so so my history comes um, from the farm machinery side, of course, as you said. Actually, my family had a dealership before I was born. I have um, actually an old black and white picture someplace around here with with my dad and my grandfather and his two brothers uh opening the dealership in 1957 so i've been around a long time uh, i was born in 59 and so come up through that like lots of people in our industry and in the family dealership worked at the parts counter sold parts for david brown tractors believe it or not and um was in the in the dealership all the time turned into a salesman started my sales career with that at 18 so that's 40 some years ago and then like lots of dealerships where I grew up, which was in southern Ontario, of course. We had the expansions in the late sure. 70s, and the early 80s come with a high interest. So they went out of business, and and I decided to come west. So I come to western Canada, where the big iron was, and, and worked for the New Holland Company store in a couple of locations as a manager and as a salesman and, and different roles since then, including managing different dealerships. Uh, my last role comes... Um, from a 19-store complex a new Holland complex where I was the whole goods inventory manager so certainly seeing a lot of headaches and pains and and challenges that lots of different dealers as uh, come from that's for sure and I've seen
0: right on okay so in those years that that you were doing the, the in the dealership side of it I mean just the the way that used equipment was viewed from you know your first sales job to where where you ended at in the dealership that was such a dramatic way of thinking, you know, and how those things change. Talk about that a little bit in that progression sure. of how used equipment was looked at of your career.
2: Well, a lot of things have changed and a lot of things haven't. Certainly our dealership, our family dealership, I I remember my dad pulling his hair out on equipment we've had forever because we paid too much. And right. I've, I've seen dealers these days sure. pay too much for inventory. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, 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 it's been a common problem, certainly how we viewed it and what resources we had. Um, are way more sophisticated now. As, as long as we use them, uh, there's more opportunities for a search a more uh, a broader market. There's dealers looking at exporting outside of the country, outside of the continent, and so that way it certainly changed. with the tools to look at it and try to decide, but it, it's still been a challenging role for any farm machinery dealership these days. That's where everything's won or lost is on the used equipment.
0: Yep. Absolutely, and that yeah to use equipment plays such a such a vital role in in not just necessarily having something else to sell, but it's the machine population that you generate because of that when you sell it back in in the aftermarket side of that as well so you know you talked about parts, you talked about service, you talked about all those things there you've kind of hit every every point in the dealership as yeah. you uh as your career was was progressing along, what was what was the the funnest thing for you? What do you what did you enjoy the most in the dealership?
2: Um well I have always enjoyed sales, um for sure. Um parts kind of was nice. I always the parts it's always safer people are coming to you and, and if they sure. don't come in the door you're not that busy. You know, that's always right. nice. And yeah. but the interactions with customers, it's our industry's always been a relationship one. And so that's absolutely that's that's been such a plus. So sales have been great. Um I'm um and and a lot of fun I'm always somebody that's enjoyed meeting new people so Mm -hmm. I really prided myself in my uh, multiple location starting new careers that I always enjoyed cold calling so I've always enjoyed selling meeting people how do we fix this uh, problem Uh, how do we address this you know it's I, I did a, a, a little bit of time on the ag side of a construction dealership, a couple of cat dealers okay. I worked for with their ag equipment sure. and and seeing how they interact with their customers on the construction side, totally different than, than the ag side. You know, it, it's not uncommon that we would be invited in for lunch as I'm sure you experienced Good. as well, but a, yep. but a construction guy very seldom would see that because he was dealing with an office as compared to their home. So
0: sure.
2: sales, I guess, and meeting people and understanding their issues has always been something I've, I've really enjoyed.
0: Yep, that's been that's one thing i like too, is, is meet new people and and discussing trying to help them sit, figure out whatever issue they've got in front of them and that, yeah, that's always exactly. been a, been a fun part of that yeah. um looking back on on your career there um the progression you know you saw the 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 multitude of single store and multiple store dealerships when people say that today they're talking 12 to 20 more you know off back you know back in the 70s and 80s a multiple store dealership was just that I had two. you know what I mean? So yeah, I guess as, exactly. as looking at that progression over, over your career, what were some of the processes that you saw change and, and how did you, how did you use what, did, what was available to you to, to overcome yeah. some of that
2: stuff? The interesting things that I see, I think with the, the, the multiple occasions and the, and the range of uh, geographical area and mm-hmm. uh, the last dealership I, I worked at, you know, we'd be from the, one store to the farthest one east, we have been about eight hours drive just between the two stores, right. uh, and yep. yet of course their territory went even farther. And then north was probably six hours from top to bottom, with mm-hmm. with the buffer of the air either side of that. And and so that's really affected. You know, we've got we've, we've got uh, weather that 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 can be so narrow anymore. It seems like gone are the days that. We would get a a three day gentle rain that would cover a whole area the size of the state. Now we have a heavy swath go through, or and mm-hmm. it's pouring over here, and they can still work over there. And so dealerships need to be able to go kind of all the time. It seems, you know, where yeah. I know we were moving resources from one side of the territory to the other because we're slowing down and needed a service truck over there, and as a combine season, you know six eight hours isn't a real big distance but uh, sometimes that's a difference in the type of crops they grow too whether they got enough heat units that for just a certain type of uh, crop in the in the southern part of where i came from compared to the north things like that and so been able to be mobile get at it move parts around everybody's multiple store we're trying to kind of minimize our total dollars of parts sure. and, and and return on assets. So let's let's have more parts but spread them all over. Well we we need that way to move them from one side of the territory to the other. So mobility and driving eight hours to deliver a bearing for a combine and harvest. Right. Yeah. It's not unusual right. anymore. Yep. And we and before it was we had parts depots where I grew up, we had a parts depot every two hours. I remember making that run or two hours away, but that's all. You know, now we're a day away just for one of our own stores kind
0: of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that's one thing that, you know, we rally and nine solutions, what you guys, what you guys are doing over there. You've got a lot of, of uh, products that kind of not necessarily battle the, the, the process of the parts and service and get no stuff moved around, but the processes within the dealership and how you guys are viewing um, the used equipment process. And, and what does that look like? So talk a little bit about, especially what you're, a product manager for there, the, the Iron HQ product and, and what that is that's and how, how are you helping dealers with that kind of stuff?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and so that's what actually a little bit of background is I've used the Iron, um, Iron HQ product, I want to say like 20 years. I've always okay. been one of these guys that, that that dug into solutions, Jim, just like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. We're trying to find a solution. So I was always one of these guys that was looking for solutions, how we could take this information and, and and catch up with some of the other brands and/or the other product lines out there. You know, the, coming from the, the working at a couple of construction dealerships, you sure looked, sure got to see how they looked at things and how they talked amongst themselves and so on. So certainly, uh, as an example, and, and there's lots out there, but as an example with the RNHQ product, it gives us visibility amongst dealers, amongst stores, amongst salesmen, um, and 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 trade-ins coming in. You know, you talk about trades and. And getting the most dollars for it the quickest is, is always been a plus. In the old days, maybe you didn't know a trade-in command at another store till maybe it was sold. Nowadays, we've got that sharing of information where we set up things, uh, where we we send an email blast. As soon as something's sold to every salesman on the team, with what the trade-in is. So, boom, you know, we've, we've got more people looking at it because that was always a sore point. You know, I could have sold that. I could have sold that. I had a guy waiting for it. But now they've got that instant communication. So... Uh, visibility is a big thing, um, and, and of course, uh, Iron HQ and Iron Solutions and trade guides. So, of course, trade guide I always used as a reference. But as a reference, you know, we've we've had different people say, you know, it's not trade gospel, it's trade guides. And so with our system, we're able to do comparisons, both of what we've sold it before and what the guides said it's worth. So like I would do at a, at the, my previous store, we did all uh, took a single product in a single year a model number in a single year and we would put it over a six year span and see where we were compared to iron guides and so that's the kind of the tools that the hq gives me is i can do that kind of information i can gather that other system and compare so i could i could tell the sales team and give them some coaching on where you should be compared to iron guides and so that was always a big plus and that's some of the products that we bring that we didn't have before we didn't have an easy way to look at what we sold it for other than ask the team at the office and Everybody had a different opinion and how it looked. And so having those tools as far as, you know, the salesman have been able to praise at mobile, that's huge. Now we're able to do appraisals on a mobile app, have the information back at our manager's hands before um, we get up the end of the laneway almost and, and have that information back allowing them to, to do some pricing on it. Look at my numbers. I've always been a big fan and a believer that the salesman shouldn't in, be involved in the appraisal process as well um i think it goes a long ways for a salesman to have that confidence when he's walking across that parking lot to talk to the customer about that piece of machinery over there that if he's involved in the process he's more confident than the, uh, and that numbers when he gets there as compared to saying i don't know the yep. boss says it's worth a hundred thousand dollars i don't know and then so that doesn't give you much confidence walking across but if he's been involved in the appraisal points process he knows some um tips and what the competitors are out there. Somebody mentions, well, there's one down the street. Yeah, but he knows it's got 3,000 more hours than mine has. And so we want him in the process. So using some of our tools, they have that mobile app, or even if you're at the office entering it in, putting your numbers in using sales history right there on your laptop, using uh, what you've appraised them for, being able to search that right there on your laptop and, and what the guide is. And then what we would do is we would give them a bit of management on, okay, we want you to be... You know, in certain products, 110% of trade guys are, or heavens now, can you can imagine what loader tractors are worth now, mm-hmm. uh, a three to seven year old, 150 horsepower mainline loader tractor these days, you know, that's more yeah. than 130% of guys. But having a third party reference, having some places, my, my father in law used to say, here, take the dummy end of the tape measure. So when we were building stuff, I'd take the dummy end of the tape measure, and that's where we'd start. And so I always use the guide as a third independent, third party independent reference point that has way more data really than anybody else. As far as overall numbers, one of the few companies that I know of, we put a human eyes on every appraisal. And so it, it may be wrong lots of times, but it may be it's consistently wrong for my area. Because I, I also believe that if I couldn't exceed what some people might consider the average on a price of equipment, if I couldn't exceed that, if it was my brand and I had done extra work to it and promoted it and built this product lying along. If I couldn't see exceed average, then, then maybe I should be doing something else. Because we should be better than our neighbors that we're offering updates and reference points and take the trade in and his is in my shop getting fixed and now I got a replacement. All those things that brings value to the customer. If it's my product in particular, then I should be stronger than shall we say, a competitive dealer down the road. So mm-hmm. like that information, be able to use the third party as an independent instead of just a bellwether to see, well, what do you think this week? I got some real good data. We were able to use that as a predictive model because I would take that chart and say, okay, to the corporate sales team, where do you think this is going? Is this still remaining strong? We'd be able to forecast on one product where we thought the guide was going and if we're buying this stuff in a year out. Or more. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. The guide's going to, you know, traditionally I think it's going to stay its format that it drops a certain percentage in the next 12 months. And so we were this percentage compared to guide. So 110%, 150% over guide. But the guide's going to drop. So we'll let the team go at this percentage and know that by the time it gets here, maybe we'll be close based on history. And if, and if the local team... If my corporate sales team and myself at any size dealership doesn't know the most about my region, then there also is something else wrong. You know, I should know what the market is. I should know what market trends are. Um, I, I remember having our different discussions where we had a certain model combine that had come along, come along, oh, there's a new a new model, and we could just see that thing falling on its face. Nobody wants that anymore. And so if we don't know that <laughs> about our product, it's not being, you know, taken very well locally. Um, an example, and it will depend on the region, But and it's it's not something that's in trade guy. but one example I like to use is vertical tillage. Everybody was all crazy about vertical tillage and or high-speed tillage, and not a lot of customers knew the difference, but once they got the one they did like, well, then it was hard to sell them. They're big money. Yeah. Locally, where we got to go, if we got to move it out of the region, so much more freight, it's a big, heavy piece. So we should know locally what's going on and then have um, almost like a grain trader and, and a local basis on grain. Right? Uh, there's kind of what the industry says it should be. Now, how can I get it? Is there more users of that product? Is it received well? Um, uh, the dealership I previously worked for, we were very strong in CX combines. And we probably sold more new ones and also more used New Holland CX combines than most of the rest of us in Canada. So we influenced that market the most, but that's because we knew how to promote it, how to sell it, how to talk about it. We got behind it. We liked the whole idea of it. And and so we were able to exceed what maybe other dealers in other parts of the territory would get for that product. And so that's what I mean. I've been able to exceed that in knowing our local market. So one, having access to that information, the whole team, being able to get an opinion where it is. And then of course, when we get a multiple appraisals, Salesman puts his appraisal in. Maybe his manager throws an appraisal below it. Maybe the inventory guy has a look at it, puts his numbers in. You've kind of got the three joint thing there uh, and you make a decision and use that appraisal away you go. So it it allows some, uh, shall we say, good conscious decisions and quick response. That's the other thing. We need to get these numbers back to these guys right away. Um, And so that's also the nice thing about being the guide. If all of a sudden he's got to make a, uh, uh, um, decision at 8 o'clock at night to close this deal and he can't get hold of the inventory manager who knows um, if we give them guides ahead of time we can't be that far off And we said be that 110% of the guide or be 170% so we would publish examples of where they could be for this next quarter compared to the guide to at least start with give them a running point no. and then as we had more diverse equipment we'd get more people in the opinion on what it was worth
0: Right on okay so talk a little bit about from the functionality <clears throat> excuse me from the functionality of the uh, of the actual program so if you talk about the mobile side of it and that's a big part of today's business with so many guys spending more time in the field uh, farmers getting bigger going out to spending more time on the farm um, and having like you said travel a lot further to see some of these guys now talk about the the, uh, the mobile side of that and how do you get that information? In a phone or in a tablet or something like that, you for sure. To your people.
2: Yeah. So the RNHQ product is based on the on the platform or format from um, Netsuite Oracle. So okay. it's a world class CRM. It's extremely robust in what it can do on the customer relationship management side. And then over the last fifteen to twenty years, Iron Solutions has flavored and built it as a agricultural equipment slash construction equipment format. So we understand products, uh, you know. We understand. <laughs> I been, was at a software demo once, not too long ago, and this company asked about this and that. And and we asked. I was on the, on the dealership side, being at the dealership, and I asked about a drill. And the presenter wanted to know if that was a 12 volt or cordless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and yep. we all looked at ourselves. It was a video call like this. We all looked around. Mm-hmm. And said, Okay, this. I don't know how far this is going to go. And and of course, so we've got that flavor in there. This mm-hmm. overall dealership and driven, you know, Kirk, one of our key guys, he's a farmer, been around 15 years. And, mm-hmm. and and so when you pull up a drill in our system, it says disc drill, precision drill, hoe drill, you know, mm-hmm. we understand that market. So that's that's a big part of it. And so just to have a CR, a CRM, it's it's really a CRM with something more. It understands that process. So many softwares out there don't know how to handle a trade um they don't know how what an over allowance is so i was sat in another demonstrations and and they have their the the other software is more of a um, business mind and so they just say well you'll just show the customer what you're booking the trade-in for right that's what the deal is and and so not very many farmers want to hear what we're paying them for the trade-in they want to hear what we're allowing them for the trade-in and so that kind of flavors what builds so basically our program we're allowed to build using price books we have 20 some price books so that's pretty clean um we keep track of our customers we we uh everybody gets the managers get to see what the other salesmen are doing and what margins are expecting and so on and, and then so much of that can be done on the mobile app as well so uh, NetSuite suite has a mobile app you could be leaving a customer's yard well first you can hit the button find his name his phone number shows up you hit that it dials you talk to him You hang up, you hit log call, and you can do voice to text at the end of his lane where you're at the side of the road. Okay, this is what he said. Hit the button, it logs that into your system. So that's the beauty of the the mobile side. You can can grab quotes. I don't, if you have a tablet, you could build a a quote on the side of the road. But for certainly people my age, trying to build a quote on my phone is a challenge. It's pretty small print, pretty small keyboard. So I wouldn't personally build a quote itself right from scratch at the side of the road on my phone, but I certainly would with a tablet. So we have that mobile app. We could be building a quote in the customer's kitchen and the, the milk barn um, in the side of the truck in the side of the road. Well, he's he's cutting some grain there. You can work on details and communicate with your manager. So have processes and, and um, flat rates in there. So it, it's a single point that can be mobile to um, do all your quoting and customer management for sure.
0: Right on. So let's talk about price books, and that's that's the one thing I think that you bring uh, with your systems that um, a lot of a lot of other systems don't have access to, and that's the manufacturers' price books that you have. You said you had twenty price books. You cover all the major lines of of manufacturers out there. Talk about that a little bit, and that relationship that you have with those manufacturers.
2: For sure. And that's part of my role, too, not only as a product specialist, but a third of my time is, uh, is dedicated, which is, is somewhat new for us. I, and I would like to point out that I'm a completely new resource for Randall Riley. I didn't replace anybody. That's kind of the commitment that Randall Riley's thrown behind this. There's lots of behind the scenes stuff that they're doing extra that we hadn't seen before. But I am one of the customer facing Assets that are completely new. So I didn't replace anybody. I'm a new resource. So again, a, a significant commitment by Randall Riley. But so I work with the customer, the, the, the companies, and, and the interesting thing, I'll, I'll start with lots of manufacturers have tried over the years tried to make a, a configuration tool or a quoting tool. Lots of them. And and I don't know of any that have been really successful. Some are there to be kind of forced to be used and you have to use it and some people like it in a single facet but most dealers struggle with a quoting tool from the manufacturer because one they don't often allow you to price any other brands so then if you have a configurator for one product and another product let's say a macdon header on a combine you know unfortunately some people might print the, the, the um, quote off the combine and print the quote for the Macdon and staple it together and hand it to the customer. You know, uh, no communication, no uh, history of the pricing, no programs, no work orders, nothing, just kind of a, a pile of papers and you hand it on to the customer. So a lot of dealers struggle with that. They want communication. They want to see what's going on. They want it in one spot. Maybe they want to add a use Macdon header to a new combine. So, With an independent quoting tool, CRM quoting tool, we have that advantage that we can say, we'll take your inventory and add it to the quote. We'll take a new combine and add it to your quote. We'll take a new Macdon header and add it to your quote. And so that's the beauty of, shall we say, an independent product speaking to multiple spots. And so with several of our manufacturers, one thing that I really like, and I think it makes the most sense, is that we link to their configurator. And so very simple, we're in the quoting tool. We we start a quote like we would normal, and when we search for a source of where we want to get quote from, it's just a drop down and it's either inventory or manual or price books or configurator. And I'll start there with the configurator. And you hit configurator, sends you to a small window. You click the brand, you only have access for the brands that you have contract with. And as an example, let's say CNH. You click there and it takes you with all the right permissions and, and securities, takes you to their configurator. And you actually build it in the same format as you would if you went there on their own. If you just went to their configurator without it. So all the rule rules are there. It's the most up-to-date pricing. Um, it's their look and feel, you know, their descriptions, their, their standard features all come across at the same time. And so you build it as you would normally, and then you hit import to quote. And all that information now is in your quote, all the costs, all the codes, even the codes that, um, which a lot of people miss. If we're doing it manually, so many people only write down the ones that have dollars beside them, you know, uh, certain size tires, this price and, 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 um, aim control under sprayer, this price. And that's cool, except that coming from the inventory side, it would really tick me off when they would do that because I couldn't decide which products were just yes, but no value, you know? Uh or no product, no value. And so when we build it using a configurator, of course, it has all that information that's important to other people, the dealership. So we just grab those configurators, that information, and put it in a quote, lo and behold, it's perfect. And and actually CNH, we just got the, the um connection to be able to link to their order board. So not only are our relationship with CNH as far as the price books, CNH with the price books, we're now going to have information on updating your order. So if you had a tractor on order in your inventory in HQ, because of course you build it there as soon as you order it and you can price from there, you would hit a refresh button and it'll update the prices to the current price that, that, that Case IH is offering on that machine, which as we all know over the last 12 or 18 months, it has been a nightmare trying to keep up to date with what the new prices are. Um, and so we're able to link there. So there's, um, uh, we have several configurators in there. Um, depending on how the configurator is built, there's three odd, different step on how to get there, but we still get them into the quote and we link them across and we're actively adding configurators. We have a very, uh, the the real will be a huge plus for us on that list of configurators that we're just down to the paperwork on. Everybody's agreeable and we hope to have another configurator built. And that's the nicest for us and nicest for our end user. The second nicest, for our, our end user, but not as handy for us, but we do it. Is that we'll add price books? So we'll take a, so we say a short line price book. Um, 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 so we, we we can take a short line price book and we add them in the system. And there's Macdon's one of them. Um, uh, oh, uh, planes. Um, Great Plains, different companies nice. like that. Of yeah. uh, there, we have them there, and you're able to build them. And we add them with rules, so there's no danger that you, if you miss something, um, uh, that that like on a tractor, you get the right rear tires to the front tires. Things like that are all built in there. So it's just a click and point. It, it, and there's rules in there, you have to hit the right items. If you if you don't have all the categories covered, doesn't let you go forward. And of course, that moves over. with with costs and price and details and all the standard features. It's just not as handy for us as a configurator because that's a lot of work for us to update, but we will add almost any price book that we can have made available to us and add it in the system. And that's how our library's grown to a little over 20 price books. One of the most recent ones I had was Chrome, working with the Chrome people. Yeah, they would um, uh, love that idea because it also a, a very big benefit for the manufacturers because now we have standard features and anything that may be reported to the guides, okay. so that's a huge plus, right? So that was where a big difference that's where it, yeah. Makes big Crohn's an example. We just had a meeting. Here's the price books. Oh, there's these standard features on some of their banners that we didn't have listed in the Iron Guides but yeah. we wanted to give the most data we could. And so now we have the price books, so our team will add those standard features to the Iron Guides. So price books is an exclusive for sure. Uh, I think it's something we lean on. You know the mistakes we have anymore. That, that, that There's no such thing as a cheap mistake ordering a sprayer these days. And so that, that's pretty handy, and it worked for the whole team down the line. And then, uh, of course, that, that ties in with the – the iron guys as an exclusive
0: within the quoting tool. Right on. Okay. All right. Uh, last question. And then we'll wrap it up. This is kind of one of the last kind of ask the same, some version of this question about everybody that comes on here. But as you take a look going through now through 23 and you're looking at availability of product, which isn't getting any better. Um, I don't know. If they can't say it's getting worse, but I can't, I sure can't say it's getting any better either. As you're looking at, availability and what you look in price books and you look at all the price increases and everything that's come into play what's one of your biggest concerns i guess going into 23 as far as it comes to equipment right now
2: well uh in 23 i'm not sure but i do know that we're on the cusp of change the pendulum is going to swing and there's no doubt about that the the feeding frenzy shall we say the 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 pent-up desire that eventually we're going to get filled the production slots, the getting mm-hmm. back online that I have a great deal of fear and I've seen many waves. I was, I was around in the late seventies when we were quoting customers retail plus right. and we, tick, we ticked off two customers at the time, the guy that got mm-hmm. the tractor and the guy that didn't. Right. And, uh, cause we just said, okay, it's so many dollars over retail. Have a good day. Take it or not. And, mm-hmm. and so that pendulum is going to come and how that, all those pre-sale trades and all those high dollars we were predicting that we're buying things a year out or 18 months out, the pendulum's going to swing. Yep. Count on
0: it. Yep. No, no doubt about that. You watch uh, what's happening now and um, I've kind of said, you know, as long as we have this uh, uh, backflow stuff coming out of the factory and what that looks like and, you know, keeping up with demand and those kind of things, we're going to have some level of shelter here, but the, uh, the slamming of the uh, of the final sledgehammer here that that kind of knocks down that wall will be when everything does get full and that that yeah. initial you know, the the premium gets taken off of machinery uh, that's that's available now and, and what does that look like and How that how does that affect a lot of things not just the overall marketplace but also balance sheets and those kind of things of guys on the farm oh. so, tons
2: holding of that inventory yeah. yeah hold that holding that inventory at the wrong time yep it will be a problem
0: it's a problem for sure so. Well, Randy, enjoyed the conversation. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about Randall Riley and what they can, what you guys are offering there with uh, Iron HQ, what's the best way to do that?
2: Um, uh, go to our webpage, ask uh, for a demo. They can email me at ty at randallreiley.com. Um, it's probably the easiest.
0: Right on. And his last name is T-Y-E, so make sure you make sure you spell it like that. So, Randy, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Look forward to seeing you here in uh, about a week or so. Sounds great. All right. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironloc.com for everything Moving Iron related. You can find me on LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel where you can see this very video version of this very podcast here. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Randy Ty. Let's go some iron, folks. Oh. Exxon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership create connected customer experience, and transform how you work. Moving
1: higher in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find a scene Moving higher